Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the show. You made it back here, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 63. And I'm excited to give you this episode today because we have got some exciting news for the future of Hello Steve-O podcast. Listen out for what's coming up. On today's show, we've got guapos empanadas from the one and only Nicholas delivering amazing empanadas to your door. We've got the poet Jeff and we've got music from the wonderful Ed Scanlon. Follow us on social media on Instagram at Hello Steve-O, on Facebook, Stephen Mullen Comedy. And if you want to keep sending in your stories, your letters, your comments, whatever it is, send me an email. Hello Steve-O podcast at gmail.com. I'm excited to give you this show today, ladies and gentlemen. We ain't got that much time. Let's do this! <laughs> Back, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome back to Hello Steve O Podcast, episode 63 for this Wednesday, the 13th of May. Good to be back, and first of all, I think it's time to take a moment to just go <sighs> breathe. How the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good to be, I'm happy to be back here again this week, but you know, take a minute to. That's what I'm here for. Just nice and easy and smooth in your ears. How are you doing? Are you good? Did you have a a quiet week? Was it stressful? Was it Was it annoying that you got some rules about how you can come out of lockdown but then they were mixed up by other rules that came out or just bad communication from the leaders in your country? Or are you kind of stuck in your not stuck? You're used to your routine. Are you in your routine? I've kind of... I've gotten used to my routine now at this stage. I've just gotten good into the... Into the routine of, of the running and the and the, the writing and the... I kind of realised today... I've uh, This is a weird one. I realise some days that I haven't been out for a day or something like that. If I have a rest day from running, then sometimes I don't go out at all. But then I also realised that my, like... In Ireland, in the lockdown, they've extended your exercise circumference from your house to five kilometers. It's gone up from two kilometers. But I still, like, I, I, I'm okay, I'm going outside the two kilometers, but I'm nowhere near going outside the radius of the five kilometers. But on top of that, there's only a certain radius that I stay within, I think. So even when I go down to, like, 
I don't think I've been to the shop this week. I genuinely don't think I have. I go one direction every day well, on my run days. And uh, that's kind of it. And I come back. <laughs> but I'm okay with that at the moment, you know. But it's, it is nice to hear the rumblings of the, of the lockdown starting to lift. We won't know ourselves. Do you reckon that there might be a point when we get out the other side of this and you, and you, and you look back and you go, Jesus, I wish I was back in fucking lockdown. I don't think so, but <laughs> I hope you're safe. I hope your your loved ones are safe and well as well. And um, it was interesting talking to all of you guys this week. It's been great fun chatting to you on Instagram and emails coming in to hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. And I, I, I did, I think I did my best. I'm pretty sure I got to everybody. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Um. But it's interesting the things that you guys pick up on, you know? Like last week, I thought it was just a flippant thing. Maybe I went off on a little bit of a rant about sausages, but... Katie, Jesus. Katie got passionate about sausages, and I got more and more messages about sausages. She said, I love a good saucy. <laughs> I love a good saucy. And when I lived in New Zealand, the saucies were rank. Now, obviously, if you're not from Ireland, you um, are wondering what does rank mean. I think the... The word, it speaks for itself. When you say something is rank, it's not great. She said, the sausages had all the skin in it like hot dog skin. And like, don't get me wrong, I like a hot dog. But that shit on a, on a sausage, it's not really. <laughs> Passionate about sausage. Who knows? This is the things that happen on the show. You know, Who knows what comes up for you guys and the messages I get. My favorite message of the week, I have to say, was from Dave in Oregon. Dave, shout out to Dave. Lovely, lovely, lovely guy. And um, on Instagram stories the other evening, I obviously put up that little video of the beers that I had purchased for a Saturday evening sitting out in the sun. It was a lovely evening. And uh, Dave kind of commented on the beers that I had purchased, which, to be honest with you, I do like some of the craft beers and all that stuff, but I'm not into it, into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I haven't got a great knowledge of it, and I don't. You know, basically, I have a local off-license here where they do loads of that great stuff. So I just go to them, can I have uh, a few sours and a couple of IPAs or whatever? And I don't even pick them. I just let them do it because they they know, you know, they know what what I like. (laughs) Once I had a watermelon sour. It was watermelon flavor. It was really nice. But anyway, Dave message. I lined up the beers. That's the, that is the one thing that I do like about the craft beers is the cart. It's like cartoons on a can or something, isn't it? It's great. It's just, you know, and the, the, the only downside of it is if they have a, like, crazy cool label and all that kind of stuff, but then it tastes like shit, which a lot of them do. Let's be honest about it, guys. You know, plenty of times I'm just like, I mean, I would say probably most of the time if I want a beer, I just want, like, a standard fucking beer, like a, a Corona. Oh, don't mention the war. But you know what I mean? Just a standard drinking beer kind of a thing. Anyway, Dave liked my lineup of beers on the windowsill. And he said, cheers to Ska Brewing, which is obviously one of the breweries, and Modus Hopperandi. It's quite tasty. So I said, cheers, Dave. Nice to nice to meet you on the Instagram. Thanks for the follow and all that. And um, I said, yeah, they're, they're pretty tasty beers. They go good with a tangle twister. <laughs> and I feel bad laughing now, but it did make me laugh, Dave. 
Okay, it was like miscommunication. I said that the, these beers are good with a tangle twister, and he, Dave said, "Oh, I haven't heard of that brewery." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dave. See, obviously, in the US, they don't have tangle twisters. If you're listening in the US, you've no idea what we're talking about. Everybody here in Ireland and the UK is giggling away now. But a tangle twister is... uh, How do you describe it? I actually did look at the flavors on the tangle twister label. It's like pear and cream ice cream, but it's done in a twist all the way from the bottom to the top of the ice cream. It's a lollipop. It's It's on a stick. And then down the middle of it is this lovely red... I think it's watermelon in the middle. Oh, you can't beat a tangle twister. And the best part being like when you're old enough that your mouth is big enough so that you can slide it in and out of your mouth and feel all the... Now, obviously, you guys with your filthy minds are making that sexual. And I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say what the action of putting a full tangle twister into your mouth is like. But, you know... All I'm saying is, I like the rivets of the Tangle Twister bumping off my lips and, and licking the pear off. It's fantastic. But Dave had never heard of a Tangle Twister. And um, so that made me giggle. But great chats with Dave, who lives in Oregon, because obviously I'm getting a bit hooked on the running game and I've been watching loads of running movies and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Oregon is a big town for all that crack. So it's like famous for, for ultra running, which is crazy stuff 100 mile races fucking hell like to me like if i ever got to do a marathon if i ever got to that point that would be huge but these guys are running they're not only running 100 miles they're running at altitude so where dave lives in oregon it's like i'm gonna say it wrong i think you said 10,000 meters above sea level is that possible maybe not i don't know (laughs) but it's high above sea level let's just say that um, and all, but that's where loads of runners go to train and all that kind of stuff as well. Because if you run at altitude, it makes your lungs become stronger so that you can run better, essentially. So, cheers to you, Dave. Thanks for the shout out, and um, uh, you're very welcome to the show. And I do genuinely hope to see you in Oregon someday so we can go and run at altitude and drink some cool craft beers and I'll. Uh, I'll bring a freezer box and bring you some Tangle Twisters as well. <laughs> now, I do have to be honest as well with you guys because I fail. I fail all the time. And in talking to one particular person this week, I failed massively. So I'm very grateful to all the new listeners who come along. Oh, yeah, I should have said that at the top, but you're welcome to the show. All the new listeners, welcome for the, uh, come along for the ride. It's always a good bit of crack. But loads of new followers on social media this week and on Instagram and stuff like that. And um, I think it's only it's how how would you put it? manners is the wrong word. I think it's only right that if I get new followers because of the work that I'm doing out there, people are liking the comedy, people are liking the other podcasts that I'm on or the online content that I'm doing, that they follow you. And, like, I, I only make this stuff to make people laugh. So if they're following me, I like to kind of send a message and say, thanks for the follow, and here's what I'm up to, and I hope you're well and safe and all that. And it's also a nice thing to do when you're having a shit day to get a nice message from a stranger who just likes making people laugh. It's it's like the best Tinder swipe ever, is it? I don't know. That's probably a bad analogy, but God any Tinder stories? I think we'll do a section on that one week. I only did Tinder once for a week and it was mayhem. But anyway, I made a mistake on social media this week. I failed. 
I made a show of myself, but it couldn't have happened with a better person than Claire in London. Now, what happened was I was sending the messages. I got loads of new followers on certain particular days. So I said, I'm going to message all these people and say, thanks for the follow. And sometimes there's a little clue in people's profile and people's bio as to who they are. Like they might say I'm a teacher or they might say that I, I, I'm living in Australia. I'm from Irish, but I'm living in Australia. All these kind of things. So I try to make the effort to reference that as well. But sometimes you get it wrong. And there was two Claire's that followed me, me last week. And I sent a message to one Claire saying, um, I hope you're staying safe and well. Thanks for the follow. I'm sure you're kept busy with, with two kids on your hands because that's what it said in her bio. To which Claire responded, Hi, Steve. If I have two kids, that's news to me. What are the names and how old are they? As if 2020 isn't bad enough with COVID-19, then two kids showing up that you never knew about. Fair play to you. Claire was well up for the laugh. I was, I was genuinely mortified. That was embarrassing. I was like, oh, fuck. I just read the wrong Claire. There was another Claire with two kids. And wrote the wrong message to the wrong Claire. And it was embarrassing. <clears throat> but thank goodness for Claire. Great crack. Um chatting with Claire in London who's on lockdown there and who informed me of an issue that they were being having with tinned corn and peas that I had no idea was an issue um, but apparently the big green giant uh, company have like they've got loads of spoiled corn and peas and all that kind of stuff and Claire was going that's me fucked anyway because that's how I was getting my five fruit and veg into me every day tinned vegetables I say come on Claire you're better than that than eating tins of canned corn for your life then she sent me a picture of what she made for dinner which was uh, sweet corn from a can and some charred steak <laughs> I shouldn't have told them that Claire that's sorry sorry but it could have been nice and charred on the inside and pink on the inside I don't know anyway Thanks for the follow, Claire, and thanks for the great crack. You've all been amazing, crack. I haven't got time to go through all the messages um, and stuff, and I hope to get to the emails at the end of the show as well. But a couple of special shout-outs to people as well. Happy birthday to my main man in Toronto, Ontario. Ontario? Ontario. Oh, God. How did I fuck that up? Ontario, I think it is. In Canada. Donald, happy birthday, my man. Donald is a good friend of mine, and... uh, Funny thing with me and Donal, back in, I'm going to say about 2011, 2012, Donal is like a video editor, a film editor, just an editor, editor kind of guy. And we happened to be in this same crazy building down on Barrow Street in the Docklands here in Dublin, which now Google owned the whole thing. But there was these old, really cool warehouse buildings, and there was this one building called the Factory. And the factory had a great history because down the years, crazy things had happened in there. Because you go inside and it feels like a disused factory. But all sorts of amazing creative things have happened in there. David Bowie recorded songs in there. Bob Dylan recorded in there. U2 recorded there. But at the time that we were there, I was involved in this kind of actor studio collective where we all hung out in there and... And we kind of filmed and we made scenes and there was great film directors there and lots of us made stuff. And it was kind of a cool network at the time. But Donal kind of helped to run the place. But he was also, he was pursuing a career as an editor. Long story short, myself and another former carpenter called Mark Donahue 
put our old school carpentry skills together and within the factory we built Donal an editing suite so he could have his own office. That is true. It was called the place beyond the stairs. Why? Because to get into the factory you had to go up two flights of stairs once you went in the front door. But on the halfway up those flights of stairs there was a door and behind that door was basically a mop room where they kept all the dirty mops from cleaning the place. It was full of pigeon shit and all sorts. Mark and I insulated it. We fitted out the whole room. And in within a, a, a few weeks, I think, and if not even a few weeks, a couple of weeks, Donald had his own and his very first editing suite. And it was a joy to do. He shared it with Kevin. And he fitted it out really cool with a carpet. It was a real kind of hangout spot as well. It was tiny, but it was a great place to sit down and um sit down and hang out watch a movie or like edit stuff and don't like now it's all coming back don't like uh, made a short film together so we cut that in there as well so great memories but donald's now in, in he's in toronto in canada he's in love as well and he's on his birthday and he's doing great things for himself so happy birthday to you my man i hope you're safe over there and also a happy birthday to my other good pal and comedian well, maybe former comedian because he hasn't done a bit in a while. I'm only saying this out loud to criticize him just so he laughs while he's listening to this. But down in Melbourne, Australia, Mr. John Green from Halifax, my man, I hope you're doing good. Uh, and I hope a uh, love to your missus. I hope you had a happy birthday. John and I are the same age year wise, but I'm I'm a few months younger, but uh, I, I missed his wedding as well because we couldn't get to Australia because of my daughter and all that kind of stuff. So the least I can do, the least I can do is say happy birthday here on the podcast. I hope you had an absolutely fantastic day and love to your wife. Now, the one other admin issue that I have to deal with um, is that uh, loads of you, have been emailing, messaging in, asking about Jenna. Where's Jenna? When's Jenna coming back? Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. I'm going to be honest with you guys, kind of insulting. Okay? It's kind of insulting. When you have a podcast, you make a podcast, and people, and then you have other people onto the podcast, and then people are listening to your podcast, but they're going, when's that other person coming back? Jesus Christ, lads. That's like when I invite, when I'm a kid, when you're a kid, you invite a kid, uh, your friend over to your house to play with you, but the, but your friend starts to play with your little brother, and you're kind of going, hey, 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 you're my friend. Anyway, I emailed Jenna, okay, fine, am I joking, Jenna's great, I emailed Jenna, See, you got what thing you got to understand about Jenna. Jenna's not on any social media, so, so so other friends that you might be asking about, or other people that have been on the show, I know what they're up to because we're in some kind of communication all the time because of the nature of social media and all that kind of stuff. Jenna's not on any of that stuff, and she's not kind of she's not a texter, you know. I've to, I have to email her, and I think I hear. Let me look at the dates here. Yeah, I emailed her one day and heard back two days later. That's how Jenna rolls. She doesn't even check her email every day. So I said to her, I said, Jenna, basically, you know. The listeners have been asking for how, how are we getting on in lockdown? And this is the message I got back. That, uh, they're always great emails from Jenna. She never goes, you know, hey, how are you? Blah, blah. She, she just was replied. I said, the, miss, the listeners are missing you. She said, you mean they like me? They really like me? 
and I had, <laughs> that was it. And I said, uh, I had also asked her, you know, would she be up for recording a conversation, coming back on the show? She said, yeah, sure. I'm sitting around gaining weight. Might as well have the chats while I'm eating yet another packet of biscuits. So as you can hear, Jenna is in the most Jenna form as ever. So I will be getting her back. We're trying to organize a time that we can do a phone call and that kind of stuff. Because she's actually working. I didn't. I thought she'd be locked down at home. But she is actually uh, doing her day job a little bit as well. So um, so she is, um, she's part-time doing that. So it's kind of half and half between that. So I am going to try and grab her and... Um, we shall have her on the show for you next week. Okay, that is the admin, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the news. Some news that's not depressing. <gasps> oh, we've got some absolute corkers in here for you this week. Listen to this for a headline from Joe.ie. Student arrested after eating free KFC for a year by claiming he's from head office. This is brilliant. Listen to, listen to this. A 27-year-old South African student was arrested. Arrested. It's a bit harsh of being arrested, but... He was arrested after his finger-nicking good plan to get free KFC for an entire year backfired. According to Joe.ie, the man told employees that he was sent from headquarters to do a taste test and ensure that the food was up to the highest standards. How does he do that for a year? <laughs> There's that, oh, there must be some... Mind your language, Stephen, but there must be some not very intelligent people working in that. So he must, he, or else he's a great actor. I mean, fair play to him. He did this for an entire year and he was never caught until now. The man was studying at the university in South Africa and his name hasn't been disclosed. Well, he's a, he's a student, so he needs... That's what you, you know... Who's got money when they're a student? I mean, I've never been a student, really, because I, di- I, I, I just kind of worked in shitty jobs all my life, but... <laughs> um, but I know, like, I know that if you're going to university, it's very hard to get money. And, man, KFC is not a bad thing to know that you can do the odd time. I wonder how many times a week he was going in. According to the report, every time the man walked into a KFC, oh, so it's into a KFC. He didn't necessarily even go into the same one. This guy's a genius. Every time the man walked into a KFC, he did so with a lot of confidence and would tell employees he was sent from the KFC headquarters for quality assurance of the food served in the restaurant. He must have made himself a name tag or something. Ah, this guy's a legend. A member of staff said he was so convincing because he was so confident and even colleagues from other branches of KFC know him. (laughs) This guy is brilliant. I wonder how that comes up in conversation that, that he got caught as well. It's just like, for it to be going on for a year, what's the conversation within KFC headquarters where they're going, hold on, there's somebody going around checking, doing quality assurance, or do they even have a quality assurance guy? Someone's got to try that in Ireland. Who knows? Maybe I'll film that. Maybe that'll be my next YouTube video. <laughs> um. When he ca- so this is the staff said when he came in he rushed to the kitchen and checked everything taking notes. <laughs> that is brilliant. And then asked for samples of whatever he wanted. He probably worked for KFC before because he knows everything. Oh god, that is so good. It'd be, I mean, if he did work for KFC before, guys, you're get on the ball there. But that's brilliant. That is good. Like. Because I've worked in restaurants where the 
it's actually never happened in, in Ireland, but it happens in London a lot. And they're all divided into the health and safety officers are divided into the boroughs in London. So there's not just one for the whole of London. They're in specific boroughs. And depending on what council you have in your borough, some of them are really, really strict. So I was in the borough of Hackney and man, do they clamp down there? But I saw the same guy coming into the re- one of the restaurants I worked in, which is like top-notch restaurant. It's like, I'm sure I talked about it before, 34th best restaurant in the world now. So they don't fuck about like this. It's not, it's not going to be like a takeout or, you know what I mean? The standards are high already. They have to be high to be such a well-known restaurant. But this guy would just come in and sit down. It's funny because... I actually never, because I used to always be the first person to see him when if I was like front of house. But he never actually flashed a badge or anything, you know. But he had loads of folders and loads of notes. So you probably could get away with, like this guy is brilliant in, down in South Africa. One time, the rest, our restaurant flooded from the sewerage system at the ground floor, right? And uh, it was disgusting because we were in a huge, massive building, six stories. So anything that was coming from above us got clogged up in the drain at the bottom of our restaurant and uh, started coming up through the drains and flooding the restaurant. We had to cancel lunch service that day. You can imagine the smell. It started coming up through the toilet. And there was an art gallery next door. They started coming in, giving out shit, going, you're after ruining all our paints and all that. It's like, it's not our fault. But then the health uh, food officer tries to come in and st- to, to blame us for for not um, doing X, Y, and Z. And we had to pay a fortune to get the whole place cleaned up and get the whole sewage system unlocked. And then finally, after an investigation with cameras, cameras through the sewage system and all that kind of stuff, it was grease that was blocking up the drain. But was it from us? No! It was from a little place next door that makes dirty burgers that like to shove grease down the hand sink and block up the whole place and flood our restaurant anyway fair play to this kfc guy is what i'm saying a bit of a bit of bleeding crack what's this one here next piece here is from the independent in the uk the headline is man wearing i have drugs t-shirt arrested accused of having drugs (laughs) uh as alleged felons go, Florida man John Bammer is nothing if not honest. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. You wear a t-shirt that says I have drugs and people are arresting you. That's like, would that happen in Ireland? I don't think so. According to an arrest report issued by the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, he was, we- he was waiting in line at a K-mark in Hudson on Monday when a deputy walked in. Seeing the officer, he tried to palm off a bag of green leafy substance to someone behind him. They declined, so he put it on the ground before paying for his items. What? (laughs) So he had a bag of green leafy substance. He sees the officer coming in, and he's got his t-shirt that says, I have drugs on it, and then he tries to hand the bag of leafy substance to somebody else, and they say no. He pays, he tries to leave, and then it says, if his attempts to ditch the bag weren't obvious enough, he happened to he happened to at the same time be wearing a t-shirt that read, Who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. That's what it said. <laughs> Store workers told police about the bag, which they later found to contain marijuana and methamphetamine. Oh, I thought this was a joke, so he actually did have drugs. Bammer declined to speak following his arrest, presumably because his t-shirt had already done all the talking for him. I, oh God, I thought this was just some fucker 
being ironic and kind of going, I have the drugs t-shirt, ha ha ha. But he actually did have that t-shirt and <laughs> he did have drugs. You are an idiot, my man. Um, well, there you go. You've lightened, you've brightened up my day, Mr. Barmer, let me tell you. You dope. <laughs> and who tries to pass drugs off to the next person in the queue? Imagine that was your mother or something in the supermarket. Imagine it was my mother. Imagine. No, I don't want you to. What is this? He has marijuana. I arrest him now. (laughs) Anyway, that was the news. Now, a lot of you will have already seen me eating some delicious food that was delivered to me at the door, not by Deliveroo, and I made a big hullabaloo of it on Instagram stories. Now, if you didn't see it, basically, I got this delivery of some tasty, tasty food that a lot of people, I mean, not necessarily everybody, but if you're not Latino, then you may not have heard of an empanada. But this is the way the story goes, okay? Check out my Instagram stories if you haven't um, already seen it, but... This is the way the story goes. I got followed by somebody, by an Instagram account called Empanadas, uh, Guapo Empanadas, sorry, which means beautiful empanadas. Now, I, being half Argentinian, grew up being fed this beautiful kind of pastry is maybe a way of describing it to Irish people or to American people. I've never heard of it, but it's like... Uh, a Cornish pasty a little bit, but it's, it's much nicer. It's amazing. And it always has different fillings in it. So this guy or this person on, on an Instagram account follows me and I look into the menus of what they're selling and I kind of go, this looks interesting. Some of the things I haven't seen before in a traditional empanada, there's definitely a bit of a twist going on here. So I wonder who these guys are. So I sent a message and it was all very like, there was no Deliveroo account. It was all very like, we're making this food. If you want to order some, you text this number, I'll bring it to you. Like very DIY. And that's why I was like interested in it. Because in these strange and weird and interesting times, people are just trying to trying to make a living still. So I started texting the person at the other side. Turns out it was this cool guy from Brazil called Nicolas, who um, is an out-of-work chef because of what is happening with COVID-19. So I said, I'd really like to taste your empanadas. And he said, I'd really like you to taste my empanadas. He sent some around for me and my daughter and my girlfriend. And man, did we have an amazing feast. So here I said, I'm going to have to call this guy. We're going to have to have a chat. Now, please let me apologize in advance for the sound quality. It was my first time recording using Zoom. I will try and endeavor to get better, but you will still be able to hear and get the point of what this amazing story is of these amazing little, beautiful, tasty little... Mm. Here's Nicolas. Nicolas, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you doing, my man? Very good, Stephen. How are you? Uh, well, I'm good because you good, spoiled yeah. me rotten with your beautiful empanadas, which I've been stuffing my face with uh, yesterday evening. Uh, thank you All so right. much. For the people who don't have a clue what an empanada is, what, what is an empanada? So an empanada, like, translate from the Spanish, it's uh, essentially uh, wrapped in bread. So, like, if you, if you have a dough uh-huh. and you have, like, a filling, Yes, that's the basic translation for it. Okay. Uh, so, like every every nation will have your own. Like in in India, they will have like what they call samosas. 
That's you right. Know, like, okay. And, and like and in in Ireland and Britain, we we will have like pasties. Okay. You know, so pasties, we'll be, like, yes, very, yes, yes. Very pasties, yes. So yeah, we have like yeah, yeah. of the dolls. So like with more with the globalization that we have, because it's at the backbone of South America. So every country is really proud of your own empanadas. Ah, okay. So, they, so you have like chili and, and so on and so forth. I get you. Because I was ignorant to that because obviously my mother's from Argentina. So I grew up having right. Argentinian empanadas. But I actually did right. know the other South American countries did it as well. So they do empanadas in Brazil as well? They do, they do. But we call it differently. We call it pastel, pastel. which is deep fried. Ah, but it's, okay. it's essentially the same. We make like a square. Yes. And we press with a fork. Yes. And we deep fry. It's really, mm. really traditional in Brazil. Okay. The ones they, like, I, the, when, I, when I started, I, I, because I'm a chef, and I, I do, I, I go into traditions, you know. Yes. So I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a bit scared about the Argentinian empanadas because they're really proud of it. Yes. It's, yes, they really, are. it's, it's, it's in the center of every table. Absolutely. Like everyone has his own style. Yeah, you're right. It is quite a, a very proud uh, thing from Argentina. But I have to say, they were absolutely amazing. But let's let's get a bit more into, into your story. You're from Brazil, but you've ended up in Ireland and you're working in Chapter 1. I moved to Ireland eight years ago. I just really liked the country. And I was uh -huh. like staying for one year. Like most of us, we came to study English. I really liked I was a chef before in Brazil. I graduated and I kind of liked it to work here. Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm in chapter one for three years, where I got to know like a lot of the ingredients and products of in Ireland. Yes, and then I could apply that to the empanadas in a smaller version. Okay, I can, okay. like I know I know which products we have, like the good beef, good quality. So you have a fat, you have a relationship you have a relationship with the Irish produce, and you're able to translate that into the empanada. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. So that, that's that's. That's the main thing. Like that's when people ask me. A lot of a lot of our customers they came to me like, oh, so is, are you are you from Argentina? I'm like, no, like, but the the empanadas are from Latin America, and then I like, you yes. know, because yes. they really have this thing. Like, if it's if it's it's really proud. It's really nice. So like, it, it, it's it's a tradition, you know. Yes, it's, yes. It's hard to you know to, to work to with that. Have, so I use that connection with the products that yes. I have to try to translate in a high quality yes. product at the end, you know, something that you're going to enjoy. And then everything starts with the good products, you know, that's, yes, that's the, fantastic. The, the basics. And they, they, yeah. they tasted amazing. Just so like, cause there's loads of people listening that won't know chapter one. Chapter one is like the, oh, it's, I think it's the only Michelin starred restaurant on the North side of Dublin. Is it? Uh, I think it is. I think it, it's been there for 27 years. It has an amazing legacy in the Irish uh, food history. Like, huge, Ross Lewis, huge, like yeah. yeah so it's, it's not. It's, what I'm trying to say to people is like, it's not just any restaurant. You're working in the. Like, yeah, it's, we be uh, like we, we we like we like we're really proud there. Like we're really a busy restaurant. I think it's one of the busiest restaurants that like it, that you can find in UK yeah. with the Michelin star. Yeah, yeah. And is it, it, I think I, I, mean, I think it's the only mission start in the north side of the. So I mean, we stuffed our faces, but like I was very pleasantly surprised. Let's talk through the flavors of some of them. The first one that right. I tried was uh, the beef one. So and and I had a sus suspicion of on my tongue was like was it cooked in a little bit of red wine as well? 
Yes, so it's uh, so yes, perfectly. Yeah, you got it right. So it's marinated, and we, I live for twenty four hours in the red wine. Wow, uh, that's my that's my personal style because yes. uh, we used to do we used to do a similar thing in chapter one. So I kind of use the things I know. Okay, um, okay. That I'm used to. to yeah. like I know in Argentina they do like with with eggs and potatoes. Yeah, meat. my my mom's my mom is very traditional about it, but she would do the ones with the mints and little bits of yeah. eggs and raisins in there as well. But it's it's raisins. different because I never, my mom. My mom said she had that there, there is kind of like a shredded beef one as well, but I'd never had it before. But I was like really pleasantly surprised. You definitely know that it's been marinated because it melted, the beef melts in your mouth. Yeah. The, 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 the red wine is subtle. It's a subtle taste. It was beautiful, man. So I marinate, like I live for 24 hours. It's a long process, actually. So because we have, because I have this time, uh-huh. and like I try not to be too busy. So I live 24 hours in, the mar- and, uh, in red wine. Yeah. I, I cook for four hours in the next day and I leave sitting in the liquid for another 12 hours before wow. I start working again. Because okay. it, like, it, it absorbs all the flavor again. Yes. So yes. I, do, I do it slowly, you know. I don't have, like, I'm not rushing anything. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the other one that we, that we had was chicken. It was like a shredded chicken one as well, which is super tasty as well. So, so that, that would be the less traditional that I have. That would be the resilient part of... Okay. Uh, of, uh, if you go to any like Brazilian shops, you're gonna see like uh, it's it's like a deep fried pastry that we have. It's called coxinha. Okay. It looks like a pear. Right. And it's usually stuffed with uh with chicken. So because like I wanna try to to a brand to 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 have a range in the market, I did that smoked chicken with cream cheese, which I know the Brazilians really like it. Okay. It's not really popular in Argentina. People are like. Why do you have chicken inside the empanada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But once, once they, once they, uh, once they try it, they're happy, you know. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then the other, the third one that we had um, of the savory ones was the cheese one as well. Was there a little bit of like a cashel blue cheese in there or something, or what were the cheeses in the cheese one? So the cheese, the cheese, uh, the cheese one is uh, cottage cheese because it's kind cottage of cheese. a light cheese to work. Okay. Yes. And uh, so I do a, like a quite heavy bechamel to hold ah, the okay. cheese inside. Yes. yes. And the bechamel, I put a bit of parmesan. So like maybe the cheese that you can taste is like the, the milk. The there was a yes. Of the, yeah, the, there was the all sorts of different flavors coming through it. It was really complex. It was lovely. Like, yeah. It's I, the, the cheese was really because once I started doing it, like I had a really big problem with the cheese because they were like, the cheese was gone, you know, because if yeah. you leave something in the oven for 20 minutes with cheese inside, yes. the cheese will melt. And like, exactly. So yeah. I had to, so I had to like, I, I kind of remember that we used to have in chapter one, we used to have a ravioli and we, one of, and I spoke with one of the chefs who used to work with us and I'm, I'm having this problem and he's like, why don't you do a bechamel like we used to do in chapter one? It ah, holds okay. the feeling. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the good part of being a chef, you know, you're like, you're, you're inquisitive about yes. why is this happening? How can I improve that? You always figure like, you, you always figure out a better way of doing it. And, and chefs always helping each other work stuff out as well all the time. It's like Yeah, yeah. I text I text a friend like this thing like it's annoying me and it's like and he saved my life because I'm I'm using a lot of the bechamel, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. At the moment. I'm, I'm using for most of my feelings. Okay, okay. Now let's move on to the, the one that is like to me, I was just like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this at all. 
I don't know if this. Right. I've never had a, I've, because I'd never had a sweet empanada. But man, yeah. the empanada yeah. with Nutella in the middle was like a showstopper. It was amazing. It was amazing. Right. And it was the I'm perfect really, way to finish it all off. I'm really glad that you like it because 60 to 70% of our customers were uh, Latinos. Okay. They asked to change the Nutella. Really? They don't want, they don't want, yeah. So it's like, oh, man, Nutella, empanadas, can I change that for, for beef or something? Okay. They don't really, they have this concept of like, it's, if it's going to be savory, it has to be like savory. Is this, is this, like, is this before that, they, before they've eaten it, is it? Sorry? This is before when they're ordering, they, 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 they want to change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so okay, like okay. Have, so like, if you have a combo and like, and there is a Nutella one, a right. lot of them, they're like, they're like they, they had this reaction that you had like oh, I never had it well it's kind of that. like it's kind of like intrinsic it's just like it's kind of like that doesn't make sense for whatever reason but then you try it and you're like oh holy shit like now yeah. now having had it I'm like I'm gonna put on I'm gonna make a coffee and I'm gonna get on my Nutella <laughs> bananas do you know what I mean it's like boom yeah. <laughs> well, listen Nico it's fantastic um, to chat to you. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. If people want to order uh, from you, it's through Instagram, is it? Yes, you can go through Instagram. It's like, uh, so we will have like all the details there. So it's uh, Guapo Empanadas. Guapo Empanadas. I'll be, I'll be putting the details to that in the podcast so you guys can all follow him. But if you're in Dublin, you can follow Guapo Empanadas and Nico will, um, will, will hook you up. Genuinely, thank, thank you, you so much, much. And, and fair play to you for keeping going uh, no matter what's happening with the lockdown and all. You have, if you can, you have to find a way to like go through this time in, like, as good as you can, you know. Listen, thank you so thank much. You very much. So there you have it. Isn't that fantastic? What an amazing story and what a positive positive guy he was really he was super nice he came around to the house on a rented dublin bike all sweating and you know you know but that's the kind of love and tlc that you want in your food isn't it that somebody cares that much to kind of to be positive uh, considering the current situation but to be able to to contribute uh, something to society to other people i just think he's brilliant great attitude and they're super tasty now here is a fun and silly idea wouldn't be wouldn't it be amazing if you all looked at the the link in the details here to his Instagram account to Guapo Empanadas that's G U A P O E M P A N A D A S imagine you went all all went when you listen to this and you overwhelmed him overwhelmed him with love because you're hungry you want your dinner and you ordered loads of empanadas and he couldn't he couldn't fulfill the orders because he got too many orders just because you all listen to Hello Steve podcast wouldn't that be funny try it why not I love those kind of a pranks those kind of pranks that are positive you know why not get onto Instagram and also it's not as if you're doing it for free you'll get your dinner out of it instead of ordering from the standard places on Deliveroo which they can get boring from time to time and of course it's only for if you're in Dublin I appreciate that but wouldn't it be cool if a load of us ordered empanadas? I'll be ordering again, that's for sure. But thank you so much uh, to Nicholas for coming on the show and for the empanadas. They're so good. Now, we've got something something a bit special for you guys. This guy is coming back on the show, and you've heard from him on, on a, a couple of occasions. The poet Jeff is a good pal of mine, and he's a, he's a, real, a real artist from the inner city here in Dublin. 
He does amazing work. And he's he's always like, he's like my go-to guy for positivity sometimes. Sometimes things are so bloody grim. That you're so, you can be so down in your head. You can be so like, oh, what is going on with the world? You can just be literally so fucking, ugh. And sometimes you'll see Jeff or I'll talk to Jeff and he still has this like positivity off him. Jeff can turn like some of the most negative situations into positivity. Like you could go in and go, oh, Jeff, Jeff, I'm, I'm really, I'm really angry that I, that I want to smash my head through that wall. And Jeff would go, that's cool, man. That shows you've got a lot of energy, you know? <laughs> He's not that bad. He doesn't talk like that either. He'll kill me for making him talk like that. You'll hear how he talks. You can go back and listen to his previous episodes on the show. You know what a great guy he is. But he's been working on some new stuff. And he very graciously um, sent in his latest piece of work, his latest poem. And he sent it in for the listeners of the Hello Steve-O podcast. So you are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen? Gentlemen? didn't say that right at all did i what i'm trying to you know what i'm trying to say you're in for a treat here so sit back relax soak these words into you because they are good enjoy the poet jeff defiance i grew up with this anxiety deep inside of me a kid with nothing to lose but face from his contemporaries i felt unnecessary when it came to school groups, I was always the one that was one too many, a loner who hated his own company. I was vying for attention from anybody. I was the forgotten child in a school full of forgotten smiles and I hated every minute. Lived my life in this purgatory. Hid bruises from my family that loved me. I was school, son. Yeah, ma. Deadly. This made her happy. But underneath these lies were killing me, instilling in me that I was useless, but the truth is that I did have something to give. So I picked up a pen and scribbled. Humble thoughts that I thought were silly, but they got me through that pain. Helped me maintain a side of me that kept me sane, and since then, my life's never been the same. They say the sword isn't as mighty as the pen. And back then, the pen was my only weapon. It brought me out of the shadows. I fought away all that sadness, and right now, I stand proud. My life became a series of hidden notebooks. Still getting picked on, but now I gave less of a fuck because no matter how much they tried, they couldn't penetrate the inside of my mind. Created this new design, closed down from everyone else. Fell solace in this place that's known as the self, resided somewhere between the ego and the id, and there I hid from anyone that bothered to try and find me. See, that child that was bullied didn't define me, and that crying at night was broken defiantly, I was standing up for me. Still stuck in a system that I hated, but now it started to hate me too. And I love that. No longer stuck in their vision of hell. No longer waking when I was drenched in sweat. I was confident now and not afraid to show it. My name's Jeff, and you can call me the poet. There you are. Powerful powerful stuff every time i listen i've listened to that a few times now and there's something about the words the vibe and that just it's like i'm literally it makes me physically grit my teeth that kind of it's a such a great name for a poem defiance but we need we all need that kind of defiance in our lives don't we we all need that kind of 
sometimes to keep going, sometimes when you're just fucking up against it, you just, you need to be able to grit your teeth and have that defiance. Beautiful pictures he puts in there of what it was like to grow up and the, the pain it is when you're a kid and you're not fitting in in other places. And, you know, so many of us have felt that. But it's a beautiful, powerful, powerful piece that kind of ends in this, you know, kind of a punch of like, yeah, this is who the fuck I am. And there's no more shame in that. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was powerful, wonderful. And it made me think this week that, you know, I got a a wonderful um, email in from uh, a listener that that I'll I'll read out to you later. But it, it, it was... It was making me think of of a lot of things. Of sometimes you do need defiance, and sometimes you do have to be vulnerable, like Jeff is in that in that poem. It's so vulnerable talking about so such things that were so hurtful in your past. But sometimes you you need to be vulnerable about these things that maybe you you were ashamed of, because if you do that, you become strong to grit your teeth and get through the other side of it. You know. Now, this is what I was. Uh, there's there's been a couple of shames for me in particular this week, and this is what I wanted to share with you guys. Was I know I've been talking about the running, and it has been going great for me. And man, does it make me happy every time that I hear from you guys that are going out and runs. I got another email this morning of somebody who said that they don't even run, they don't even go running, but they've gone and bought trainers. And I was like, fuck, that's amazing. You got to know that even though I'm going on about the running, that doesn't mean that some days I don't want to go and, f- like, you know, this morning, I'm glad I did my runs now, but it doesn't mean that sometimes I'm going, Ugh, I don't want to fucking do this. And, like, the weather's been amazing here. What's it going to be like in winter? Of course it's tough to get out there, you know? But I'm being positive about the running, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I do have a little bit of shame about it that I'm going to share with you now. I love it. I love buying the gear. I love running around and all that kind of a stuff. And part of the reason why I do the running is because I know that I'm getting older and I'm getting older to the point that I'm not going to be able to do the things physically that I did when I was a lot younger. Like my, you know, the clock is ticking in that sense. I'm not going to be able to do what I did when I was 20 in another 10, 15 years time, maybe, you know. So everybody's on their own journey with their own fitness. And so this is my personal one. I don't want to judge anyone else out there who's going through their own uh, issues. You might have weight issues or whatever that might be. That's your own specific journey. And it was like, that's what pissed me off about the whole Adele thing that was going on in the news in the last 10 days or so that people were commenting about her, her, her weight loss and blah, blah, blah. And then other people who are just trying to be too fucking woke are just getting annoyed that that she's getting complimented because she lost the weight. Well, she didn't lose the weight by accident. It was obviously something that she wanted to do for herself. You don't lose that amount of weight by accident. You've got to work your fucking ass off. It's like getting off drugs. That is fucking hard to do. So she should be applauded for it. And it's not about beauty. It's not about whether she was more attractive or not. That was the headline that some someone wrote in the Irish Times. Is it just me, or do you? Does anyone else think that she was more attractive when she had the weight on? Fuck off! It's not about attractiveness. It's about somebody overcoming something and having the defiance to get through to the other side of it to the point where she feels good that she lost all that weight. So I applaud her. But I'm kind of going through a little bit of that defiance in myself because that's why I have to be honest with you guys. And this is my moment of vulnerability that I. 
I want to be better at running because I used to be very, very, very fit. I used to play football at a high level and I could run all day. But here's the shame. And it happens every day I go for day I go for the run, and I'm doing good times, and loads of people are looking at my my times on Strava and going, "Jesus, you're killing it, man!" Yeah, but if you saw me running, and I see my reflection sometimes, and I am kind of ashamed of it, you know, <laughs> because I've got a little belly hanging out over my shorts, the waistband on my on my jocks and my underpants snaps back because I've got that belly, and I do feel shame about that. And it looks awful when I'm running, you know, because it's all wobbling around and all that stuff. And I'm embarrassed for myself in that because because I know what I used to be. I know how I used to treat my body. And why am I embarrassed? Because I, I've been eating shit for so many years and I've been slouching around and I haven't been doing the things that I should do to get my body in, in, in good nick. I've just let it go a bit. But isn't, it, but isn't it funny how you're hard on yourself, but you're not so hard on others? Because I see loads of people who are evidently overweight. And so I saw one man today, he was like, he was a big guy. And man, was he sweating. And I was doing my sprints past him. But I, I made sure to kind of well say, well done, man, or thumbs up to him. Because I admire him so much because I can see how hard that is. But I don't give myself that same love. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know why we do that. We're always harder on ourselves than we are on other people. But my friend, another friend of mine, is doing this crazy challenge in London. He wants to do a hunt. No, sorry, get that right, Stephen. For charity, he's raising money for Prostate Cancer UK. He is going to do a thousand push-ups in an hour. Like that is fucking crazy, crazy. But he, you know, he, he did a time trial the other night. Kahlo Reardon is his name. I'll put a link to his bio in the description to the show. But he is, um, he did a time trial the other day. And in 45 minutes, he managed to get to 740 something. So like, isn't that amazing? But he, ha- he did this brilliant speech the other day of the importance of having a goal. And sometimes when I'm talking about the running and I'm encouraging other people to do it, and it's great. And sometimes we might be self-aware about our running or our wobbly bits here, here and there. <laughs> but I think what's more important, that what gives you purpose is giving yourself a goal. And he talked about the importance of that and, and why he's setting a goal for himself. Because otherwise he'd just be sitting at home. He's, he's in self-isolation. He doesn't have anyone else around. He lives on his own. He's just doing press-ups every day. But... He said that by setting himself a goal, it's given him a purpose and he stops to feel down or for it's good for his mental health or, you know, it probably gets rid of that shame and all that kind of stuff. And it gives you some sense of a goal makes you be, you know, gives you a sense of defiance to kind of go, I'm going to fucking go get this goal. So with that in mind, I didn't tell anybody about this publicly, but I wanted to share with you guys my goal for my running. Now, for some people, this would be really, really hard to do. But I am starting week three this week of a training program that I found online. That is a 10-week training program where I essentially train different types of runs for four days a week. My goal is that by the first week in July, I don't have an exact date yet, the first week in July, that I will be able to run five kilometers in under 20 minutes. That is the goal. 
Now, some of you, that might mean absolute bollocks to you. You're kind of thinking, that's not a big deal, is it? Or, it, you know, might be gobbledygook to you. But, and to put it in perspective, like the world record holders, they run 5Ks in like 12 minutes. So, <laughs> I'm going to be nowhere near that. But to break 20 in the kind of casual amateur running world is a big deal. So, my goal is to run sub-20 minutes, 5K. That means I have to run a kilometer every less than four minutes. I have to run a back-to-back, five kilometers in less than four minutes. And to give you a a picture of what I was running uh, about five weeks ago, I definitely just wasn't that fit, but I ran, it took me about 22 minutes to run 5K there recently. So I have to cut in 10 weeks over two minutes off my time. But that's what I'm gunning for. That's my goal. And those days when I'm out there and I'm wobbling, my gut is wobbling all over the place. I think of Jeff's poem. Genuinely, it's in my head and I'm gritting my teeth going, just keep running. Sometimes we got to have a bit of that to find, you know. And sometimes we just need to share that bit of vulnerability with other people so that we can genuinely feel that that we're working towards something good and it kind of feels good to get it off your chest. Like, I've never... I wouldn't take my T-shirt off for if I got an acting job. I, I got an acting job. I didn't tell you that, but I have an acting job coming up. It'll be filmed in a couple of months, hopefully. But I won't be taking my top off if I'm not running, if I haven't got rid of this belly. Do you know what I mean? I am self-conscious about it. And some people think, you're not fat. He's not fat. I get away with it because I'm tall and I wear baggy T-shirts and tops, but you don't see the fucking excess fat that's hanging over my waistband. But anyway, it's enough. You don't need to picture it. I'm just telling you about it. That's my goal. Beginning of July, I'm going to run five kilometers in under 20 minutes. And you're all going to help me. <laughs> to all of you out there who are running and setting your goals. Remember I told you about John in London who's doing who's done no running in about 15 years? He ran 20K last week. People are out there doing it. It's amazing. It's funny how this podcast is bringing a little family together. Like, I have the list here of people from around the world that are listening to the show. And there's people in Sydney running. There's people in Singapore running. There is... Let me get some of the cities. Like, San Francisco. Loads of people listening in San Francisco. Kansas. That's all probably um, uh, Jenna's mates. But Camden Town and London and Atlanta and Abu Dhabi. Uh, Central District in Hong Kong, Egypt, Budapest. We've got we've got our own little cool little family here. I'm glad to say. But anyway, all of you guys listening in all those places, that is my goal. First week in July, run five kilometers in less than twenty minutes. I'll update you on it every week, and in the meantime, I wish you all the best on your running and keep encouraging. Keep sending me your messages about the running. Keep doing it. Buy those trainers. Get up, get out there. If you're walking, whatever, just keep going. Do it. Right. You thought you had one special piece from the poet, Jeff. Well, I have another one. A fantastic musician and artist um, sent me in this fantastic song. I'm delighted to now to share with you guys, introducing the wonderful Ed Scanlon, ladies and gentlemen.
ladies and gentlemen and his cover of ian brown's fear thank you so much to ed for sending that in it was a genuine joy to get something like that that like that and i haven't heard that song in a long time either but um it was genuinely fantastic to get that through from ed you can follow ed and all his musical work on facebook i will put a link to his personal facebook because that's how he's rolling at the moment he's got a personal facebook um that you can uh, become friends with him on on uh, and i'll put the link to that in the description and he's also on instagram ed scanlon music i'll put that link in the description as well thank you so much to ed um for sending that in i love so like bringing to your attention individual artists like ed and like the poet jeff it's a joy for me because i suppose we're all the same you see we're um us artists because i'm an i'm a an independent artist as well and this is part of my fear shall we say is that i've always stayed away from doing it but the times that we're in and it's changed my mindset and i have uh, started a patreon account which I'm delighted. It kind of makes me feel like a real independent artist because Patreon is what most independent artists do. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it is a way that you can uh, online become a patron 
of a certain artist. So what a patron is, is like back in the day when there was kings and queens and all that kind of stuff and they had all the money. They used to pay the jester to make them laugh and to entertain them and all that kind of a stuff. And they were the patrons, you know. So that's how Patreon has been working uh, these days. And I've opened a Patreon account where the listeners of this show have the option to become a patron of Hello Steve-O podcast. And not just Hello Steve-O podcast, because the truth be told is that I've run out of time again today. There's so much I didn't do that I wanted to do. Um, so all that I can do really is have another show, make another episode. So part of what Patreon uh, subscribers will get is extra podcast episodes, video content, because I am moving into that world as well. But also what it does and what I really like about it is that it, it gives you a relationship with the fans of the work that you do. I only make I don't make this stuff for myself, you know, <laughs> this stuff doesn't exist without you guys. I'm I'm bullshit without you people. But what Patreon does is on the but when you join up um and there's a uh, patreon themselves will talk you through and all that kind of stuff but you can get the new podcast the bonus podcast will go straight to your phone you can listen to them and stuff like that but when the video content is on there um it'll be on the patreon page but you'll get access to all that stuff that i'm not going to be posting publicly in other places um the patreon page is also a place a place that we can have a genuine relationship with each other you know we can talk to each other you can contribute to the show you can um you know we can have chats about the show all that kind of stuff um i'll be doing some live q a's or one-on-one zoom calls and all that kind of stuff for for my patron subscribers um, so I'm genuinely excited about it. I'm actually excited as I talk. I'm a bit nervous talking about it as well because I don't like talking about the money situation. But the reality is that, you know, obviously I'm a live stand-up comedian. I'm not going to be doing that for a while. But I've changed the mindset and put it into some positivity and I'm putting all the, the love I have to, into this show and trying to entertain you guys and keep you guys smiling and keep you guys happy. Um, so basically for the price of a cup of coffee a month... Uh, you guys will be able to uh, support me doing what I do. So you can basically see it like that. You'll be buying me a coffee a month and you'll be getting more podcasts and more uh, content and more videos and all that kind of stuff. And you'll have access to when the live stuff does come around. You'll have access to tickets first um, and all that kind of carry on. And the wonderful thing about Patreon is is that because we have a relationship and we will be able to talk through Patreon and contribute to the show and think of doing things better or or other ideas of doing different bits and pieces. The great thing about that is, is that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It's a bit of an adventure. We can go and make weird and wonderful things, you know. So it's, it's exciting time. So the link is in the description. And I'd be delighted if you went and had a look at my Patreon page and you considered uh, becoming a, a subscriber to Patreon that way. If you don't, want that at all i will still be making this for you for free for your entertainment because i want to entertain you and this will always be there for you i know what it's like to not have money so this will always be here no matter what um so that's it that's the speech over and i'm delighted that i have gotten it uh, it out of the way (laughs) i'm always nervous talking about that kind of stuff 
But um, I'm delighted to have it set up and I'm looking forward to chatting to you guys more on Patreon and, and creating more stuff for you on Patreon. And I'm really sorry because I had so much other things to get through today. I'm not going to get to the letters, the emails, um, and uh, I'm not going to talk uh, be able to talk about the amazing, wonderful nurse in New York City who has been um, messaging me during the week and I've been catching up on what she's doing. So maybe I'll put it back to next week. I had a coffee cold coffee brew uh, cocktail that I was supposed to bring to you guys as well and I failed on all those fronts because I run out of time but hey we'll move it forward to the next show or onto the Patreon show I don't know but I want to say a massive thank you to the wonderful people who were involved in the show this week thank you to our researcher Leon Vaughn who is sitting on the front porch in sunny downtown Sumter South Carolina Thank you to Leon uh, again for his contribution this week. Thank you to my good pal, the poet Jeff. Thank you to Nicolas from Guapo Empanadas. Go get onto his Instagram and get yourself some dinner, ladies and gentlemen, if you're around Dublin, order from Nicolas. He's absolutely fantastic. And thank you again once more to the wonderful Ed Scanlon. We will be back next week with all sorts of more fun. There will be coffee cocktails. I will be reading the letters. I promise you. Keep in touch with me. Hello, Steve Podcast at gmail.com. Take care. Stay safe. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.